pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Mark. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Lena. Well, on June 2nd, apparently President Trump showed up to David Platt's church. Oh, no, he did it. And ended up asking for prayer. Yeah, he did it with no yeah. notice. I guess he just showed up. Actually, I heard he had just got off the golf course. And some of the videos look like he sort of was just I off was the golf course. Well, he had that new hairdo where it was slick yeah. backwards. I will say, though, his makeup, or lack thereof, looked a lot better. He wasn't then, quite so orange. Well, all the comments were saying they really liked the new hairstyle. He looked like a human. It was... No, he looked like a typical partitioner of that church, you know? Partitioner? Well, not quite. Partition. Partitioner. <laughs> Is he dividing rooms? <laughs> Is that a metaphor for what he does? He divides. I knew what that word was. I guess that was a little. And technically, they would be congregants. Yeah, because that's not a parish. It's not a Catholic. Oh, really? That's specific. It's a congregation, so it's a congregant. Want to start this whole thing over again? Okay, so Trump shows up to David Platt's church. Why? Who knows? Who cares? But David then publicly praise for him in front of his church. Well, that's because he asked him to. Yeah, well, obviously. Well. And, and again, and, and apparently on that day, there was supposed to be a, a na- there was a national call for prayer for the president. Oh, really? There, there was. Oh. This oh, shows how unfaithful that. we are. And, I'm so out of touch with most things. Yeah. So he, he prayed for him. Um, and then, of course, on Platt's social media, the comments begin to ensue. And, th- I mean, literally thousands of comments all over the place. Yeah, it, it, it was mind-blowing. Um, so then the following day, he, he writes a... No, it was the same day. Oh, it was the same day? Same. It was such, I mean, hit such a firestorm that he actually had to pen that. Yeah. That day. Wow. Yeah, so, so, so he's given an explanation anyway as to why he, he did this. And, I mean, as we read it, we thought overall it was a good statement it's it was solid for the most part there was a point part in that though that we were a bit annoyed and we have an excerpt from that yeah you want to read it yeah first of all we should also say that the prayer was excellent it was yeah i mean and and we're going to talk about just imagine yeah but just imagine if the president wanders in and says hey would you pray for me and you're like sure can I ask how did that happen? Did he he just like randomly wanders in with all his secret service? Yeah. And oh yeah, I, I bet the secret service was just freaking yeah, out. Yeah, real happy. Oh, oh, he's up on stage. So That's it was, a, was, it was explained that he got a call ahead of time. I mean, he was just finishing his second One service sermon or yeah, whatever, whatever service, it number is, service yeah. it is, and that the president's coming. Would you pray for him? And so they talked to him. In the back room, I apparently shared the gospel with him a couple of times and and then prayed because, and well, we'll talk about why he yeah. prayed. But um, 
the frustrating thing was the letter. It was a good letter of explaining things, but um, he says this in one part. He says, I wanted to share all of this with you in part because I know that some within our church for a variety of valid, that one annoys me, valid reasons are hurt that I made this decision. This weighs heavy on my heart. I love every member of this church, and I only want to lead us with God's word in a way that transcends political party and position, heals the hurts of racial division and injustice, and honors every man and woman made in the image of God. So while I'm thankful that we had an opportunity to obey 1 Timothy 2 in a unique way today, I don't want to purposely ever do anything that undermines the unity we have in Christ. I would like to have him listen to my podcast that we did together on unity. It's my podcast on unity. It's our podcast. Shut up. That's an open invite for David <laughs> we're, we're Platt no, to listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes, and we no longer in unity, so <laughs> pretty well we're done. But, but if you caught it there, he's like, he's actually validating people's feelings that they were hurt because Trump shows up at the church and asks him to pray. Yeah. And and it's like, what what part of that is valid? And I don't, I mean, I, so I don't know David Platt personally, but he he seems like a, a genuine guy um, and a very, I mean, he's a very sharp guy. Yeah. I mean, he holds a doctorate. I mean, he was pastor, youngest megachurch pastor, I think at what, 25, 26 years old, um, and has done many good things. Um, but the, the language he uses here, you know, I'm thankful we had the opportunity to obey First Timothy 2. So why would you be worried that somebody is hurt because you've obeyed? In fact, I just saw a meme where he was, where somebody was quoting him and he was saying, look, it doesn't matter how people react. What matters is are we being basically obedient to God? And it's like, yeah. you know what? You, you've just violated that with your own letter. So that, that got us annoyed. Uh, and, and we would acknowledge Trump is a very polarizing guy. I'm not a fan of him. Um, but Obama was a very polarizing man. Yeah. And our next president will be very polarizing. It's the reality of our nation right now. It's a terrible situation. But to be brutally blunt, the people in the church today in America just need to grow up. Uh, and we need to figure out what the Bible says about the Christian's response to the government. And, uh, and so we decided, let's just take them through a few passages that talk explicitly about our relationship to our governing authorities. And in light of what those say, we can consider then, should anybody who names the name of Christ in that church been hurt mm -hmm. or scandalized or bothered or need a safe space? Um, in the church now. Yeah. Safe space. Well, you know, oh my goodness, I was so annoyed. Okay. So, so let's talk about some biblical texts um, related to the church, the Christian, and the government. So the key one and the big one is going to be Romans 13. Yeah. You yeah. want me to read it? Sure. All right. So let every person, I, we need to hear this very carefully and see how explicit it is. Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. Why? For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, he who resists the authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they, have they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Why? For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. 
Do you want to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it is it does not bear the sword for nothing, for it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. Wherefore, it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. That's pretty clear. It's not a hard passage yeah. to understand, but, but let's just, I, I read it, but let's walk it through again. What's the controlling command here? Let every person be in subjection. Yeah. So it's in the imperative mood. Yeah, it's, it's 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 not a it's not an option. It's not a request. It's not a suggestion. The the overarching heart attitude of every Christian toward their governing authorities is to be first and foremost. In what way am I expressing a sub a heart in subjection to their authority, or we could just use the other word submission. How are we expressing it? It doesn't say. Hey, you have the freedom to be hurt or not feel safe or something right. like that because you don't like this person. Um, it, it is that that's the command. And so no matter what else happens, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, am I showing and modeling a heart that is in submission to my governing authorities? And, and then he, what's the reason he gives for why we're supposed to do it? Yeah, he says for... So here's the reason. There is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Okay, so who established Trump ultimately as president? God. Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Obama. Shut up. God. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but, but look how absolute it is. There's all of those which exist. So there's no accept clause in here. Right. Just those that, that exist. Putin, too. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Or in Paul's day, Nero. Was, yeah, Rome, yeah. <laughs> Nero, who's yeah. burning Christians. So, it, so yeah, it, it's all been established by God, and therefore that's why he gives the command. Every person is to be in subjection to them, and that term subject is un, placed under. I mean, that means something. Right. So then he says, therefore he who resists that authority is not opposing some man they don't like, but it says they are opposing the ordinance of God, and he says they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. That's a threat. Yeah. I mean, Paul looks at a person and says, you want to be protesting and fighting and resisting the government? Great. Then all you've done is you're resisting God, and you're, and, and you're going to find condemnation upon yourself. There's nothing good in that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's no praise there. Or hey, you go, you got to do what your conscience says for you to do. Yeah. Um, now keep that in mind when we're talking about David Platt was asked by his president, "Pray for me." Mm-hmm. I don't care if you like him or not. If a president comes to you as a Christian pastor and says, "Would yeah. you pray for me?" Mm-hmm. By golly, you pray for him, and everybody there should have been humbled by that and should have been rejoicing that whether they like. Trump personally doesn't matter. Their their first and foremost responsibility before God was to be in submission to him because he is their president. Whether they voted for him or not, it doesn't matter. Our Constitution says that 
if he's duly elected, he is our president, and we should show us a heart of subjection. So, yeah. Um, and then what I like, what, or what's interesting is it says, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. And this isn't talking about some like end time no. judgment of God or end time condemnation. It's very temporary and potentially immediately because he gives the reason. Here's the con- reason for the condemnation for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. And so where's the condemnation coming from? It's from the rulers. From the rulers, yeah. So do you want to have no fear of authority? He says, he asks, then do what is good and you will have praise for the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. Why? For it does not bear the sword for nothing. And that's talking about use of force, deadly force, capital punishment. In fact, you know, you know my position in, in so much of this talk on social justice right now. There's this just an incredible attack going on against our police uh, in this nation, and it's just being accepted uh, in the church. I mean, now pastors are publicly deriding p- police officers, and it's like, you know what? You should be very afraid. When a police officer tells you to put your hands up, the last thing you should be saying is Why? You can always discuss it afterward. Stick your hands up. But now we just see them having fights. And now police officers are actually being prosecuted because they're in a fight and they use their force. And and somehow people think that's a good thing. It's like nothing good will come when your police officers stop engaging. And that's what will happen. But that's, a, that's for another uh, podcast where I really rant on our role with our police officers. But all of that fits in there. So... The overarching mindset of every person, whether they're in America or some other part of the nation, is they can speak honestly, they can speak with truth, but they have to show proper submission toward their governing authorities. Uh, The Christian should not be a bad citizen. The Christian should be a a, a source of joy and and pleasure when the government considers them. and, and that the fact that we're even able to do that is just the nature of the graciousness of our current government. Yeah. Because built into our constitution um, is that freedom of speech. And so I know many are going to argue that, well, it's be- because of that, now I can say what I want and do what I want. And- you can say whatever you want submissively. Right. And that's the point. Um, there's, yeah. there's a, you have to figure out what that means. The constitution yeah. doesn't give you the freedom to disobey God's word. Right. And and it's that, I mean, it's that elementary um, I don't care what the state says. What does the word of God say? And then that is what controls us. So, mm-hmm. so that's our first salvo is it, the, the key passage will always be Romans 13. It's amazing when you listen to people, how much they will twist that for various, in various ways so that it will justify actions that are exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's to their shame. And then there's another one. Yeah, Titus 2. 15 through 3, 1, um, Paul says, These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. Now, this is what I would have liked if Platt had written his letter this way. Is, I understand that some of you are hurt, but I prayed for our president. Tough. We're to be in subjection to them. We are to show them honor. We're supposed yeah. to be obedient. And why would we never 
want not want to pray for a president, something like that. Yeah, and unless anyone accuse you of being harsh, because that's never happened before. <laughs> um, he, I mean, he uses the language of exhort and reprove. Those aren't happy words. With yeah. authority. Yeah. In other words, chew these people out. Yeah. They have to understand that they are citizens, and, and they're. He's talking about the people of Crete. So again, yeah. yeah so it, it's not our job to keep our flock happy or in their safe zone. Um, and that's huge right now for the pastors today. They're afraid they're going to lose people because they actually call them to a simple, basic biblical fidelity in relationship to our, our government. Right now we got everything is hate speech and everything is hurting you. And we need to break out of that because the scripture is filled with what people today are going to call hate speech. And at some point, it's going to come on us, and we need to be ready for it, and we need to not shy away. Looking at, at, at Titus 2, then, what is it that Paul says, remind them? Um, to be subject to rulers and authorities. So it's right back into the same thing that Romans 13. Yeah. But what else does he add? Well, he adds the idea of obedience. Why do you think he does that? Because they're not. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, some people will take that word submit or being subject, being subject to and say, okay, but that doesn't mean we have to obey them. Yeah. You know, somehow it's like, yeah, it does. So he actually says, be in subjection and obey. Yeah. And then, but he, he qualifies it though, to be, for what purpose? Ultimately to be ready for every good deed. So yep. what's a good deed in this context? It, well, it's subjecting yourself to rulers and authorities and obeying. That's good. This is not hard stuff. I mean, this is picking up the low-hanging fruit from this yeah. passage. So then there's another passage in First Peter chapter 2. You want to read that one? It's verses 13 to 17. Yep. Uh, so Peter writes, he says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of of those who do right for such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the King. So what's the controlling verb there? I'm going to just, I'm going to go with submit. Yeah. <laughs> so here we don't have Paul just in case they were thinking, well, Paul, has a problem. Yeah, he yeah. yeah Peter, <laughs> he, he, he says the same thing. And why? He says, for the Lord's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, we are honoring God and we're bringing glory to God when we have a heart of submission to yeah. which institution or how many institutions? Most. Each, every, all. <laughs> yeah, so he says, uh, submit yourself, so it's something you do for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a king or it's a governor. It doesn't matter if it's a, a republic like America is or a dictatorship or whatever. It, Whatever institution you belong to and you are in, you are to have a heart of submission for the sake of God. Yeah. So simple. And this is God's will. So instead of us looking for God's will, searching for God's will, wondering what it is, he explicitly states, this is God's will. That by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. And, and yet, instead, in America, what we do is we write letters that have some semblance of an apology or we soft step or we're, uh, we join the rabid crowd denouncing and decrying the evils. Um, and I, I spoke to people in our church very strongly when 
President Obama was in office and how they would just speak snidely. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I spoke to several and I said, your Facebook post is wrong mm-hmm. and you need, to, you need to delete it and you need to stop it. And I actually unfriended some people who just couldn't leave it alone. It's like, yeah. you are naming the name of Christ and yet you are just sitting here ripping our president. Again, you don't have to like him, but you need to be in submission to him and you need to show him Respect. proper honor. And yeah. they're like, well, I think I am in submission. I'm like, so... You have no problem if your wife is out there in the public ripping you. And they're like, wow, that's different. It's like, no, it's not. It's the same word. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your wife to be in submission uh, because the scripture says so. And yet then you turn around and you look at your present and you just destroy him. And there's there's no right for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but he also talks about freedom there. Yeah. Which which we as Americans love. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so. He's, he's acknowledging there's a certain level of freedom. And so if it's true for them in their day in Rome, certainly this would be true for us as well. Um, but yet notice the immediate command. He says, do not use your freedom yeah. as a covering then for evil. Um, which of course begs the question of what is the evil? Well, in the context, this idea of do not use this for evil is sandwiched by the two commands of not having an attitude of submission in verse 13 and not honoring the king in verse 17. Yeah. So the question would be when we when we speak of Trump in what way are we showing him respect and in what way are we expressing that submission or our governor which the, the governor we have right now I'm not real thrilled over but he's still my governor or we can go all the way down to the most basic level of a police officer on the street and he pulls you over and you're going to start denouncing him and filming him and and whatnot. Or are you showing him honor, calling him yes, sir, yes, ma'am, if the male or female and uh, doing what is asked of you? And again, if you have to, later you can file a complaint, but you can do that in a way that's respectful and proper and appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, and and so in in light of this passage, then we would say a person who understands their freedom in Christ rightly, or as he would say in verse sixteen, understands himself to be a slave of Christ, is actually one who expresses that slavery to Christ through a true heart of submission to these authorities that he's put in place. Yeah. So the real problem is that they don't understand their their position in Christ. Right. Rightly. Exactly. Which is brutal. Yeah. So we have also another text. Well, this one is the one specifically that David Platt on. Right. Uh, you got to honor him in the sense that, I mean, I can't even imagine what's going through his mind as uh, president. <laughs> He's here. Are you joking? Yeah, no, he really is. Oh no way. Gosh. Yeah, come on back here. Next thing you know, you're being frisked. Yeah, you're not. Nobody yeah. gets to walk up to the president without being thoroughly frisked, searched, and. <laughs> And that's a very intrusive. Have you ever been frisked? No. Yeah, that's very intrusive. Um, you have you have a real sense of being violated, I'm sure. um, and so all of that's going on, and his mind's got to be running a mile a minute. And and you know, and then there's Trump, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I thought we could go out and you could just pray for me." And, He'll be huge. He'll be huge. (laughs) He'll be huge. (laughs) Just just pray bigly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. I mean, you can just see it. And you're like, this can't be happening to me. And and so what he did is he opened his Bible to this passage, and he used it as the premise and the basis for his prayer. And so let me read it. It says, first of all, then, I urge 
that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. Why? In order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. So what's the first thing on Paul's mind? Um, well, an application of what he's just taught. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in this, he says, why, why are we to be praying for people like our president? Why should we be praying for our government? Why, when was the last time we prayed for our governor or our mayor? I mean, he just, our mayor just actually had a heart attack and had, you know, surgery. And to my shame, I'm going to have to admit, I did not even think of praying for him. Um, and yet, that's the expectation that Paul says we ought to be doing. And, and the reason for it, he says, is so that we can have a tranquil and quiet life. We, we, you don't want the government mad at you. Yeah. Um, nothing good comes from that. You're going to ultimately lose. They have bigger guns and they have an unlimited flow of cash mm-hmm. um, so they can sue you. Now, in the context of these letters, and I know I'm throwing this at you, why, why do you think he wants or he he would think it's a good thing to have a tranquil and quiet life. Well, the gospel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, the freedom that you have when you're not creating political turmoil is that you can now go to house to house and befriend people and have open meetings because you're not the one yeah. that's fomenting yeah. a crisis for the government. Yeah. In other words, it's not for the purpose of maximizing your wealth and having all kinds of opportunity for pursuing whatever you want and equality and so on and so forth. It's so that the gospel can go forth in relative freedom, which, well, that's sufficient, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to do this podcast because I, I think you think that the pulpit has to lead in this, and it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think that we are inviting God's judgment upon the household of God in America because of the loose and what I would even see as crafty words from too many teachers who are, end up just twisting the idea of justice and submission and citizenship into unrecognizable shapes. And it's going to come back on us one day. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you shall reap, right? Yep. And yet we all scratch our head and say, well, this is we're, we're just suffering for the righteousness of God. It's like, no, you're not. You're, you've been sinning. You've been advocating a rebellious spirit, and now the government is doing exactly what God made the government do, come down on you with a sword, and you should fear. Uh, So I, I think it's a watershed issue. 100%. 